Grinders. Welcome to DFS pregame show here on Roto Grinders. I'm Jordan Cooper, a.k.a. Blender at Blender HD. If you want to follow me there on Twitter. And it's Friday, casual Friday for your casual questions. You can feel free to ask whatever you want in the YouTube chat. I see you guys in there. Pug Daddy, Suki Singh, Matt Mears, Jason Robinson, K. Kauso, Card Fan, Joe Mack, Edward Brown. I see you guys. Give me those thummy thumbs early in the morning. I got the apple juice. First, uh, first uh, apple juice and then like a month or whatever. I finally got those packs open, right? They were, they were sitting there. They were, I, 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 oh, I could use apple juice, but I, I want cold apple juice. So I put them in the refrigerator, open up the pack. So I got, it's only Kroger brand or what great value brand, Walmart brand or something, whatever. But I got the apple juice. So give me an extra thumbs up for the apple juice today. Uh, what are we talking about today? we got a bunch of stuff. Uh, NFL Sunday, we'll talk about maybe NBA, MMA. Oh, everyone always likes to, you know, and maybe not everyone, but a couple of people always ask for, for, for the MMA stuff beforehand. So uh, so with NFL, obviously, we, we still got news. I mean, this is the whole point. Like, why make lineups? Like, Wednesday, people are making lineups. Like, uh, it looks like Trevor Simeon is going to start for the Saints, not Taysom Hill. But you have to expect Taysom Hill to get some, you know, what's gonna, it's going to be the Taysom Hill comes in and gets two rushing touchdowns crap type of thing. And also, I just see that Devontae Parker, is now now faced a setback and now he's doubtful for Sunday for the Dolphins. So uh so uh so yeah so so everything's gonna change not everything but I mean stuff is gonna change but I mean we'll we can still run lineups and see what the hell is going on. I mean this is what I do on Friday. I run lineups and see what the hell is going on. So what I'm gonna do is I'm gonna go and aggregate I I, I like the blitz and the grid I and IQ projections. And sometimes I get projections from other places also. And I'm just going to, I'm just going to do 50, 50, 50, 50 between the two. This is something you could do in lineup HQ. If you have projection sets, your own projection set, ones from around the industry, and you know, you want to aggregate them together. You could do that in, in lineup HQ. Uh, so, you know, you could call it whatever you want. So like 50, 50, I'm going to save between the blitz and grid iron IQ to utilize for, for our run, for our runs. I know it sounds like a poop thing, our runs, but we're going to just run some lineups. This was kind of, kind of what, what you should be doing to get a sense of lineup construction. Who projects better? What types of lineups project better than other types of lineups? Maybe you don't necessarily have to worry about ownership right now, but that's the first thing. The first thing, if I take a quarterback and two of their pass catches and then build the rest of my lineup, what does that lineup look like? Right. If I take a run, if I run it back with someone, what does that lineup look like? Skinny stacks versus versus, you know, the, the super stacks like you could just run lineups and see. So since we have 22 teams on the slate. Uh, that's about uh, about four percent per quarterback or so. So I'm just going to put quarterback max exposure at four. I'm going to limit I'm going to limit the running back wide receiver tight end from the same team unless it's part of a stack. And then I'm just I'm just gonna run not, not even not even with runbacks or anything, just quarterback with uh just with, with two teammates. Or maybe just do the wide wide receiver tight end. We could make we could make it a little, little bit more condensed. So quarterback, wide receiver tight end, no, no run back, no nothing. Just 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 to see what, what do the stacks look like. Okay. Now a lot of times you could just look at, you know, look at the salary adjusted plus minus of like the wide receiver pool and see, like we don't have that many, you know, that stand, stand out. I know Mari Cooper is going to be kind of a value play at 5,700, maybe Hunter Renfro, but it's like, you, you look at the games, you could go game by game into like this flex position and see like how many, how many players in this game have positive salary adjusted values plus minus. So you see here, New England, Carolina, like two, that's it. Everyone else is kind of minus. Go to the next game, Buffalo, Jacksonville. Okay, this goes a little bit better, a little bit better here. Houston, Miami, which is going to change a little, right? Because Devontae Parker is going to be out, and that's going to bump up Waddle and Gaskin and Gazicki. So that may look good with Brandon Cooks there. So, I mean, you could go through and you could get a sense of what teams are going to project higher than others. We look at Atlanta, New Orleans, like no one here. So this seems like the type of, like these lineups are probably going to be projected lower than the other lineups. Denver, Dallas is probably going to be higher. We have a bunch of around zeros. I mean, this is it's not horrible. Minnesota, Baltimore, you only really get one 
maybe, you know, maybe a little Dalvin Cook up there. Cleveland, Cincinnati. Oh, you get some, you get some here because if OBJ is not going to play because they just released him. Not like he did much anyway. We go to Las Vegas, New York. We get a bunch. We get a bunch of people. This may be a good. Oh, we got tons of Q tags, though. If they play, this could be a decently projected game. But nothing really stands out. Like, we've been going through these. And it's like salary adjusted value plus minuses are like ones, halves, right? Like barely anything. So the differences between the lineups that you build may not be that dramatic from a stacking perspective. And then just jamming the one-offs, like uh, Eckler or something. Keenan Allen is decent here. Green Bay, Kansas City. Right, we got Tyreek. We got Devontae Adams. Arizona, San Francisco. Right, Debo, Eli Mitchell. Like, but nothing, like, stands out. We, we're not getting these, like, massive, massive, val- I mean, it's like one or two points. That's about it. Nothing four, nothing five, nothing in that range. So I'm probably, I'm going to build a hundred lineups with that stack combination, quarterback, two pass catchers, no running backs, and just no run, no run backs. So don't even have to worry about it and see, and see what shows up. Put 4% on each quarterback, and then you compare the stacks to one another, compare those lineups to one another. So you just get a sense of how much distance in projection each stack is, each quarterback is, because the quarterback is the head of the stack. Because it could be that, oh, this, this this stack projects higher than this these other stacks, but if it's like by one point, that's a much different story than by five or six points. So it seems like this is the type of slate based on based on the, the projections that I see here, that it's gonna be much more even. The difference between like the best stacks and the worst stacks may not be that wide. May give you more options. So in the, in the case, you have to think from a strategic perspective. Because once, once we do this, then you have to apply ownership to it. That if the difference between like the top stack and the bottom stack is like narrower, well, the ownership may not be as narrow. So be more inclined to be contrarian on those weeks. Okay, so we're going to go through, we'll go through quarterbacks. We get Derek Carr coming out up top. So you see, so all we're doing is just comparing the, the projection. 141.53. Derek Carr, Hunter Renfro, Darren Waller. I mean, obviously you have to run this when Darren Waller may not play. Okay, well, then you gotta you gotta run this again. Just like we don't have we have Devontae Parker in our projections currently. So obviously the two stacks are gonna project a little bit better once he's taken out. So you take a look at 141.53. Of course, you jam in, you jam in the kind of the chart, right? You got Cooper in there, you got Eckler, you got Gaskin, right? You got Tyreek Hill. But here you go. He's a Raiders stack at 141. Trey Lance, 119. Really? It drops that far down? Debo and Kittle. Yeah, because I guess their second receiver, whoever their second receiver would be, just projects so poorly. Oh, no. It's just that we have Trey Lance at 0.57 fantasy points. Oh, I think it has to do. I think it has. Does one of the one of the projection sets have Garoppolo in and one have Lance in? Well, it's something like he shouldn't be 0.57. So I guess I guess I have the backup. But yeah, here's Jimmy G. Okay, so let's screw Trey Lance. All right, if we go down to we'll skip over the Trey Lance. I don't know why why he's in the projections. Who's going to start? I don't know. Sam Darnold, 125.14. Well, that's a p- pretty big drop. 8.15 points. But why, why are these points so low? What's going on at the quarterback position? Because we are, are we not sure who's going to start? Because we have P.J. Walker in here. So he's questionable. So we have P.J. Walker. Okay, so that's where it's going. Because I'm like, why, why, are these, why are these stacks coming back so low? It's like, yeah, because Darnold and Lance are still in the projections. And yet, one because I aggregated one source is projecting Walker in. Okay. Two in a row like that. Because I'm like, that, that doesn't make any sense. Why are these lineups so much worse? Okay, so we know we're gonna we're gonna get rid of those guys. So I go to quarterback. So I'm just gonna X them out for now. Okay, so Matt Ryan, one thirty point five three, because that game projects very poorly. So you can see the difference between Carr and Ryan is like an eleven point difference. Kyler Murray, one thirty two. That's another big difference. Tyrod Taylor, one thirty two. P.J. Walker, 
133. Kirk Cousins, 133. Jordan Love, 133. Trevor Lawrence, 133. Burrow, 134. Mac Jones, 134. Baker Mayfield, 134. Garoppolo, 134. Taysom Hill, assuming if, if he was starting, 135. Herbert, 137. Mahomes, 137. Bridgewater, 137. Lamar Jackson, 138. And these are double stacks. Josh Allen, 138. 138 for Daniel Jones. Prescott, 138. Jalen Hurts, 138. And Tua, even with Parker in, 139. So I said the, bit, the, bit, the best one right now is Derek Carr, based on our projections. But you see a whole bunch of these guys. I mean, essentially from... Herbert, Mahomes, Bridgewater, Jackson, Allen, Jones, Prescott, Hertz, and Tua. Like they're all like they're all within four points. So going through this, but and on the bottom level, we just have really bad like Matt Ryan, Kyler Murray, Tyrod Taylor, PJ Walker, like 132. Like if you get requisite ownership for this, FedEx guy at the door, dog going absolutely, absolutely nuclear. So I had to. Take care of what the hell's going on. Is anyone breaking into my house? I don't know. I have to check on that. Right, I'm sitting here doing the show and you see me getting murdered live on the air. Okay. So this is the type of thing that I do. Just go through and see what, what the stacks look like. Right. Obviously, these, these are stacks that have no, like, no runbacks in them. They can only get worse with runbacks, right? Because you're forcing a player in from that game. Here, since we're not, we're not, a, we're not forcing runbacks, just... Whoever the top projected player is, they get they just get thrown in. Going to get a ton of Gaskin, Eckler, Cooper, right? Darren Waller, I guess, is thrown in even in the even in the flex. So running through, and then 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 you start comparing it to uh, to ownership. So right now, I see there's there's a ton there's a ton of choices. I mean, especially from Herbert down over here. I mean, it's quite possible I play a lot of stacks this week. So then we go and we see like all positions, like who gets fit in, like the Chiefs defense, because obviously they're not priced high enough. I know they're a bad defense, but they were priced to face uh, Aaron Rodgers, not Jordan Love. Got a lot of Austin Eckler, a lot of Gaskin, a lot of Dan Arnold. I mean, for the most part, you're jamming in Eckler, Gaskin, and the running back spots. What other running backs are coming up? Zeke, Cook, Mitchell, Mixon, Jacobs. So, like, if, if Eckler projects well and Gaskin projects well, it's quite possible that you could play the Herbert and Tua lineups with the running backs. We could do that, too. So, like, if we ran this same thing, use the stacks feature, and then instead of wide receiver tight end, we just go just two, two teammates. I'm assuming Herbert and Tua lineups will, get, will be much closer to the car lineups. So I'm going to run this again. This is the main reason why I didn't want to run it this way to begin with, because I wanted to show you the difference. I think the two lineups are going to be even better with Parker out, because then the target share goes up for Waddle and Gasicki, and their, their projection will go up a little bit. So instead of, instead of three mouths to feed, they only have two mouths to feed. Uh, going through the YouTube chat a little bit, you could always type in there. I'll answer your questions. Do, 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 do. Anthony Rodriguez, can you explain RGV? I play college CBB, but RG doesn't provide the RGV and projections. I'd like to see if there's a way I can calculate that on my own. RGV is a salary adjusted value plus minus. How much should a player at X price score to make value? You can this value, this under this this thing right here could be anything you want. Any any consideration you want. Now Jamino has has his own calculation. So we're taking a look. If we take a look at the running back, for instance, Austin Eckler is almost a three. I'm just going to call it a three to make it easy. A $7,900 running back to make value, right? For its salary ex expectation, a $7,900 player should be around 19 points or so. Right? Be, be, well, if it's 8,000, an 8,000 player is probably 20 points. A 2x time plus whatever. I mean, whatever, whatever formula you want to use to get to that. I know in basketball, a lot of times it's like 5x plus 10. 
right? If we go to basketball, for instance, like Zubach, $4,000 center, RGV, salary adjusted plus minus. It's called Roto-Grinders value. It really should be called plus minus. If you, if you, if you have other projection sets, other projection sets would, would call this a value percentage. They would call it a plus minus column. Like mo most around the industry, there, there, there's a figure for this. But it's all related to what, what you calculate to be what, what the, the value is. So a 4K player, for instance, we're saying the fan, his median is 28.72, which is 5.22 higher than for his salary expectation. So a 4K player, we're saying to, for a 4K player to hit value, they need to uh, score, what, 23.5 points. 4X plus something, 7.5 or whatever. If, that, if that's the way it's being calculated for this particular slate. So that's what that means. So whatever, whatever your formula is, that's, that's what you, whatever your, your version of make value. The same thing for the smash percentage. The same thing works that way. It's like, well, what's, what do you consider a smash? All you're doing is calculating the percentile based on the range of outcomes from the floor to the ceiling and where the percentile is of a smash, of the value that you want to get. So obviously the 50th percentile is, is the fantasy points that you see here. That's the median. So when you see the smash percentage, like, oh, Giannis only has a 16% chance to smash. But what are you considering a smash for an 11.8K player? 70, probably 70 points. Well, his, his, 80, his 84th percentile is like 72, which is, that's, that's 16%. I mean, that's, there you go, 72, right? 16% of the time. I mean, that if you consider a smash 60, then, then obviously smash, then all these numbers start coming up. So the word smash is just whatever you consider to be that, just like the salary adjusted value. Well, what, what do you expect to get from a 4K player, from a 4.6K player, from a $6,100 player in football, from whatever whatever player? And then his median projection is how much above or below that number it is, right? So if we take a look at here, like based on what you should be getting to make value for that for that price, Miles Gaskin's median projection is 1.5 points higher than that. Tony Pollard's is three points lower than that. David Johnson's is 2.97 lower than for their salary expectation. So that's what that's what that number means. So we we'll go through the lineups. Like I said, the lineups that you can include a running back in your stack. We, we're going to see here that like Derek Carr, right? Still comes up 141. Now Dak does better, 140, because Z could get thrown in there. Then Tua, 140, because Gaskin could get thrown in there. Matt Ryan's still no good. So who's the other? Who's the other one? Uh, Herbert. Where did Herbert go? Herbert 138. Right. Because obviously Eckler, Eckler's more expensive. But these are viable, these are viable considerations also. But still, then you still get Matt Ryan poorly. Well, 138, 132. PJ Walker, 133. Tyrod Taylor, 133. Kyler Murray, 133. Trevor Lawrence, 133. Jordan Love, 134. It's like at this range, Baker Mayfield, like you need to get substantial ownership, a substantial ownership discount to play guys at this range, to play these types of stacks down here. If you do, you can. Like even Lamar Jackson, 138. Jackson, Bateman, Andrews, and you jam everyone else in. But this is what you should be looking for first. People think in terms of what running back do I play? What stack do I play? Like, what, 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 is the, what does the whole lineup look like? And you could, just, you could use a tool like Lineup HQ, which you can get as part of Roto-Grinders Premium. Feel free to click on the link in the description, get $10 off your first month. Load in whatever projections you want. Obviously, I'm loading. This is an aggregate of 50% Gridiron IQ projections and 50% Blitz projections as of this morning. So it's not, the, it's, it's not the players. Well, if you have a different, if your projections are 1% off in this direction or that direction, you could come out a little bit differently. 
probably doesn't probably wouldn't be off enough that makes Matt Ryan stacks good, right? Probably probably still doesn't. This is what you have to do. I mean, this is this is this is what I do on Friday, just to get a sense of the slate. And then let's say we add the runbacks into it, right? Not the running backs, but the runbacks. Okay. So let's say we do just it has to be it has to be two. It doesn't matter if it's a running back or does who cares? Okay. Now, what should we expect to go up? Okay. Just try try to get the concepts of what what instead of like oh I'm going to put this in and see what happens. Well, we should be able to expect when we know how something like an optimizer works. Remember, the optimizer is just trying to jam in as many of those F points in that column into your lineup. That's it. And do that for 100 lineups based on whatever constraints you give it. The only constraint we're giving it is that we're now forcing four guys from the same game, three on one side, one on the other side, and 4% of each quarterback. Other than that, just give me whatever the highest number is, give me the highest number. So what should we expect? These are the types of things that you should be thinking of before you use some a tool like this. You should, you should have a sense of what, what should come out. Maybe not exactly. I don't know the exact numbers. So we're going to be adding a run back to certain to all the stacks. Obviously, you have to think the players that project the most, that best from that RGV, that salary just a plus minus. If they're in the game, the game will project better now. So, for instance, uh, we have like Miles Gaskin at running back. Well, we're more likely to now see some Tyrod Taylor. Some Tyrod Taylor double stack lineups will go up. Austin Eckler is on the other side of the Eagles. So, although like we look at the Eagles lineups without a run back, they probably have Eckler in them already, probably. Right. Anyone that plays like Amari Cooper, like so Denver stacks will go up because they're more likely to have Cooper in it. Right. So that's the, you, Tyreek. Well, Jordan Love lineups will go up. Because they're in the same game as a highly projected player. And the lineups that that don't have now that we're forcing in a run back, that's one less spot for some of the best projected plays which means the lineups that don't have those types of players in it are most likely going to go down. And we're talking about down by a point or two. We're not talking about an insane amount. So I'm going to build 100. So once you understand projections, once you understand how, how to optimize and put in, you know, just like if you make cash lineups, right? You've done, if you've done this by hand hundreds of times, looked at the projections and built good lineups, and you understand how how a tool like this works by just it's just going to try to jam in that column as much as possible. You should be you should be able to, to be fairly accurate on what's going to happen if I do X and Y. If I take out the cheap cheap's defense, the projections will start coming down for everyone, and uh, whoever the next highest projected defense is that's cheap is going to be filling that spot. Right? If I take out Austin Eckler, well. I'm going to get more Ezekiel Elliott. Well, how do you know that? Well, because Ezekiel Elliott's 7,000, and he's the next projected salary adjusted plus minus running back. So you can get very similar lineups, just saving 900, and then 900 will go to another one off somewhere else. The difference in projection of the lineups, we take a look. If I took out Austin Eckler, you'll get a lot of Zeke Elliott, and those lineups probably will be projected one point lower. How do you know one point lower? Well, that's the difference between the salary adjusted plus minus between Eckler and Elliott. I'm going to be sacrificing a point in order to do that. Similar price or Dalvin Cook, very similar price. Probably still going to get a bunch of Gaskin and a bunch of Mitchell because they're lower priced and they have positive salary adjusted plus minus. Right? So let's take a look at those lines. Okay, so this is the one that that forces runbacks, and it doesn't matter if right we're getting uh, like it doesn't matter if it's a running back or anything like that. So go now we get a ton of Dak Prescott now, right? Because we get to play Albert O, Akui Boonham, who's probably going to be the value tight end with Noah Fant, assuming he doesn't 
doesn't have two positive, two negative uh, COVID tests. I mean, is this the, necessarily the biggest run back? You know, the Denver cheap tight end? No, but I mean, 139 for Dak Prescott. Derek Carr, 139. Because it's putting in De- Kadarius Tony. So the car lineups from before projected better. Why? Because the guys on the side, the Giants side, don't project as well as the one-offs that we could be playing. So you're sacrificing about two points to add a Giants run back, which may be fine, which is fine. Herbert, 138. Herbert, Eckler, Allen, Goddard. One of the better projected tight ends. Okay, there we go. Matt Ryan, 129, like Harb. Matt Ryan, Mike Davis, and Cordell Paris. Good luck on that. Yeah, then then trust, and that'll be the winning line. PJ Walker, 131, awful. Cousins, 132, awful. Tyrod Taylor, 132. Kyler Murray, 133. Trevor Lawrence, 133. Jordan Love, 134. You're able to get basically you get Devontae Adams and Tyreek in the same lineup. You play Aaron Jones and well, because you're playing so cheap for Jordan Love. Viable lineup if the ownership was lower, probably. Mac Jones, 134. Jimmy G, 134. Patrick Mahomes, 135. Right, because you're playing Hill and Annie. You're paying up twice at wide receiver. Joe Burrow, 135. Baker Mayfield. Lamar Jackson. Teddy Bridgewater. See, now we're getting up there, 138. Like Teddy, the Teddy Bridgewater side actually seems better than the, I mean, I think Dak projects better, but I think Bridgewater is going to be much less owned version of uh, that game. Tua, 138. Tua, Miles Gaskin, Jalen Waddell. Bring it back with Brandon Cooks. Daniel Jones, right, 138. Because you're able to get Darren Waller or someone in there or Renfro or someone. Jalen Hurts, right? You have Austin Eckler in there. Hurts, Smith, Goddard, Eckler, Josh Allen, Dan Arnold as the run back. A tight end. A lot of these run backs are tight ends because we got some cheap tight ends that like aren't great. They aren't great, but you're probably paying down at tight end this week. But this is what this is what you look at. So like when 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 I talk about like oh what what stacks do you like? It's like well. Like I'm not choosing, like, all the football stuff is already in the numbers. I need, I want to see how they all work together. The salaries are the constraints in the lineup construction, and the positions are constraints in the lineup construction. So what do these lineups look like, and then what are they going to be owned? And the next step is their, their projection versus their ownership. Obviously, ownership is probably a little bit more, a little bit more finite on Saturdays than it is even on Fridays, but the same thing for projections. Like I said, there's going to be news that comes out. We're still wait, We're still waiting on what quarterbacks are starting some teams, okay? And that changes things for the receivers also, right? But this is a good way to get, like, a, a first look. I mean, to me, this is a first look type of thing. And, I, and you could do, I mean, you could do this Sunday morning. I mean, this doesn't take long. Right? You saw me do it. You just take, okay, who projects better than others? And be more inclined to play them, especially if you see the ownership is, is lower than they should be. That's the name of the game. This ain't that complicated. Okay, going through the YouTube chat. Feel free to thumbs up. Feel free to type whatever type whatever you want. I'll answer anything you want. It's, it's casual Friday. Casual Friday, casual questions. Anything you want. Oh, uh, let's see. Jacob Calloway asks a great question. Doesn't this process assume equal standard deviation of the lineups? Yes, because we're just dealing with the median projection. Would be helpful if you had a way to see the standard deviations. Giving up seven points for much have higher standard deviation is better than three for a lower standard deviation. That's that's absolutely correct. Understand, Jacob, that uh, people, most, I would say 90% of people watching this video right now don't under, even understand what you're talking about, right? So they would be they would be better off before getting to that point, just doing this and going, here's the median projection and the mean projection and compare it to ownership and not worry about the standard deviations of the players of the lineups. 
Because obviously, you'd, for the larger the field GPPs, you'd want the high, you want high standard deviations. You want to you add as much variance. You don't mind giving up five median points if you can increase the variance of your lineup even more than other lineups. But the difference is, the, the differences in these lineups are not as dramatic that if you did it this way, it's still better than the way that you've been doing it before. Baby steps, Jacob, right? Like Jacob, understand, under, Jacob understands what we're trying to do here. I'm trying to get people to the point where, I mean, we're, I'm, I'm trying to get people to the point to just say that Ezekiel Elliott, all the football information is in this number, right? And that's a fight. 95% of people won't do that. 95% of people that play DFS, average players, losing players, are looking at wide receiver cornerback matchups and PFF grades. Trying to find, you know, they're like a tea leaves. They're, they're, they're reading horoscopes. Instead of either building their own model or trusting that anything that would be predictive is already, is already factored in. Then once you once you it cut, spits out with a number, then you don't have to worry about any of the football stuff anymore. So that's what I'm fighting against, Jacob. So when we talk about what's the difference between using the the, the mean projection and 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 having the standard deviations of each lineups, like dude, I, I wish we were at that point. I would would I, how much how much could I teach at that point? If if, if we're if we're at that point, I may stop playing DFS. If that's the if if ninety five percent of the people think that. But 95%, only 5% of people do. So I'm, I'm, I say it's perfectly fine directionally to do this first rather than, okay, well, now that I got these lineups, now how do I see the standard deviation of those lineups? Well, you can't here. You could, well, you could obviously you could do even with the tool is just use the ceiling. Or obviously, you'd have to aggregate the ceilings into them. But you could use the ceiling, you could use the ceiling projections, percentile projections. And you can compare the two. Like worst case scenario, run, run, run the run the, the the median, and then run the ceiling, and see which players are in more of the ceiling lineups than in the median lineups. You can do that, right? And let's say we go to the Grin Iron IQ projections, right? Because it doesn't aggregate the floors and the ceilings in, in the aggregation. It will at some point, but it doesn't currently. So you have these floors and the ceilings. So. This shows the distribution curve of the players. So let's say in the same, we still have the same build rules, right? I'm just going to put quarterback exposure to 20%. Okay. So we're just going to pretty much get the top five quarterbacks. And the stack, who cares? Two pass catchers with a running back. I don't, I don't even care. So I'm going to, I'm going to run run 100 line i guess i run 100 100 lineups so you could run 100 lineups using the median right could run 100 lineups do we even need to run 100 let's see let's stop because this may take a while yeah you probably still need to run 100 yeah let me run 100 so we're going to run 100 using the median and then running 100 using the ceiling and see if there are any differences. That's it. Someone coming up more for ceiling than for for median. That 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 would get it. Give a sense that those are the players that have higher standard deviations. I mean that that, that makes sense, right? You do, or you could do floor versus ceiling. You do that. I think it's marginal, though, in comparison to doing nothing. That, that's the point that I'm making. What we're, we're talking about here is being more accurate. There are 95% of people don't even get to this point. That the median numbers are going to be better than what whatever anyone else was doing before. Especially when it comes to something like NBA. And people are like, oh, do I use the ceiling projections? Do I use the what? Like, whatever you're doing, it's better than what you did. I mean, there are plenty of people that build by hand and build lineups that that or 15 points lower projected for no apparent reason. I said, you know, you realize your lineup is 15 points lower projected than mine. You go, I didn't even realize. So yeah, and then that, that's, that's how I make money. That's the reason why I make money. So why don't you, why don't you, at, least, you at least use the median projection? If you're doing it on purpose and you're playing a large field GPP, that's one thing. 
But when you're not even sure the projected differences between the lineups, especially in a sport like NBA, I mean, and you wonder why you lose, and you wonder at the end of the season why you have less money than you started with. Okay, so in the gridiron IQ projection, we get more Boston Scott in the gridiron IQ projections. Okay, so this is the this is the mean. So let me let me delete the other builds. So this would be the mean projection. So we're getting you know Eckler, Chief, Scottard, Arnold, Hill, DJ Moore, and then we're gonna run. I could just go over here and just run by ceiling. Same type of thing. Still, we need stacks and runbacks and whatever. Just run another hundred lineups, and just see the difference. Who shows up more for ceiling versus median? That would mean that the people that show up in the ceiling have higher standard deviations. A way to do it without having to go into Excel and doing a ton of math. They could just use this tool to be directionally accurate enough. But yes, Jacob, I, I, I understand exactly what you're saying. But you're like, you're like in the advanced class already. Right, Joe Marino, absolutely right. So two lineups could be giving up the same amount of projection and ownership, but one lineup could be a lot better if it has a higher standard deviation. That would be correct. Yes. That's why I said this is that's the second that that's the second part. Most people don't get to the first part. That's that's that, that that's what I was saying to Jacob. It's like, okay, now that we've done this, then it's like, oh, is there a way to pick between five lineups that may have all have similar ownership and median projection they go yeah you pay for gpp you play the ones with the higher standard deviation of course but 95 percent of people don't even get to that okay so build one i mean we could see it out outright right here look at build two when we use ceiling projections for the gridiron iq eli mitchell dj moore tyree hill jalen waddle kenny galladay if he's in i mean if he's if he's even in Dalvin Cook, Marquez Valdez-Scantling, right? So here's, here's I mean, we're not going to see the median lineup because we, we just list the, the ceiling. Be nice if they listed, if they listed, maybe I'll put that, if they, you, you could display the ceiling projections by median projection, right? Because this lineup we may find in, in the other set. So you see, if we'd go by ceiling, Based on the gridiron IQ projections, like I said, depends on the projection set. It depends on the, depending on the percentile projections that you have. So this is the gridiron IQ projections. You get a lot more Eli Mitchell. You get, where's, where's Eckler here? You don't get, you don't get as much Eckler. Right? Eckler's down here at 5%. Renfro is down here at 5%. Amari Cooper's down here at 6%. Which makes sense. These, Typically, the best value plays are, they have a lot, a lot of those outcomes bunched up in the middle. So from, from a median perspective, Cooper's a great play. Eckler's a great play. Renfro's a great play. But if you want to increase the variance of your lineups and not play them, you'd be playing guys more like Eli Mitchell and Dalvin Cook and Jalen Waddell and DJ Moore. Tyreek Hill obviously has a very high standard deviation. Uh, we, we all know MVS, right? I mean, he gets either two points or 24 points, right? You could see here. You could, you, I mean, you could absolutely see right here. But since we're using the ceiling projections, it's going to try to jam in all of it, all of it. So like the standard deviations of these lineups that we're using by ceiling projection are significantly higher than the ones in the first build. Does that make them better? No, that doesn't make them better. That just makes them much higher variance and their median projection will go down because of it. But it doesn't mean you have to play them all in one lineup. But fine. In this lineup right here for 50,000, uh, take the Chiefs down to a $2,100 defense and instead of playing Cook, play Eckler. It'll raise your median, but this lineup is still high, has a higher standard deviation than the ones in the first build. Right, we take a look at this lineup. Daniel Jones, double stack with uh, Darren Waller, and then the one-offs are like Mitchell, Cook, Waddle, and Mitchell, Cook, uh, yeah, Waddle, and more. For Lart, this may be a great large, like, Millie lineup. 
but essentially you're just fading all the chalk, right? The meat, the ceiling of this lineup is high. The standard deviation of this lineup is much higher than the other lineups in the other set. But the median projection of this lineup is probably like 15 to 20 points lower. But it has a high ceiling. That's correct. But it doesn't mean you have to play them all in one lineup. That's the point that I'm making. That's why building by ceiling projections and building by when people ask, do you build by mean projections? Do you build by ceiling projections? Which which set do you like? That's not the right answer. Like it doesn't matter either way. You have to find you have to find a way that works for you. I build primarily by by median projection. So I'm comparing median projection to ownership. But typically these high ceiling plays, I'm above on anyway. Right? Because their ceiling compared to ownership is high. So I have them sprinkled in all my lineups anyway. So what which one do I use? Do I use the ceiling or do I use the meat? Neither. Doesn't matter. If you were going to use the ceiling projections, you'd have to do it the other way. You'd have to say, well, I'm not getting enough Eckler, but I stood I should be. And you have to bump them up. I should be getting Cooper. I should, I mean, it raises the projection of your lineup. It decreases your variance, but how much how much variance do you need in the lineup? Do you need it in every 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 spot? No. So you could do ceiling and then bump up the guys that have higher floors, just so you get. They're not all going to be in one lineup, but at least you get them in your builds because it would be beneficial because they're higher projected. Or you do it by median and then you cap those guys. One of the two. So I'm not. Ceiling, like, do I build like this or do I build with the build one? Like, neither. You build with build one, you're going to get lineups that are, you know, that that, that the range of outcomes is is narrow. Not that narrow. If you build with ceiling, you get lineups that the range of outcomes is way wider. Do you want to play 100 lineups like that? I mean, that's if you want, if you don't mind the risk, the risk tolerance of that. I don't mind playing a blended mix of both. Some lineups that project high that have lower ownership. But I have some that are at the top end of that spectrum. I have some at the bottom end of the spectrum. I like getting a nice mix. I'm. It's like comparing stocks. I'm getting some blue chips in there. And I'm not talking about blue chips as in like, like oh, safe cash lineups. I'm just talking about lineups that have lower standard deviation. And then I have lineups that if I'm playing 100 lineups, I may play... 20 line 20 lineups that are you know good they could beat a 5000 10000 person field maybe not the mill maybe not and then on the 20 on the bottom are like nuts or like these lineups are like kind of like first or last and you know like they're the ones that like have three chalk fades and a contrarian stack and but they still project well and they're much lo- lower owned and then the middle it's there's a mix between the both so you don't have to like take like, oh, I'm going to take all of this st- type of standard deviation lines and then all of this type of stand Like you could. The expected value of the lineup should all be about the same. Just depends on what, what your portfolio looks like, what your risk management is on this given slope. It's not, it's not about like, well, I have 20 lineups. How many stacks should I play? Like th- th- those aren't the questions. You should be able to build hundreds upon hundreds, if not thousands of plus EV lines. You should be able to, if you'd used it, even just this methodology with this and the, the, the way I'm showing you here on the pregame show, these are, these are blunt methods of doing it. They're much more precise mes- methods of doing it. Good thing is 95% of the field don't even do the blunt method. So the blunt method works. I could go through and I could build, I could save hundreds of hundreds of lineups into my save lineups, hundreds, thousands. I could do this all day. But then at some point it's like, I'm only playing 20. So which 20 do you play? I mean, then, then it's just diversification at the point. You, you've already said that, that these 3000 lineups are about equal to one another. Yeah. There's probably a dip up and down a little bit, but based on the projection, based on the ownership, Based on the standard deviation, these lineups all produce, if we ran this a million times, about the same expected value. In different, obviously in different distributions, right? Some lineups is like they win or they come in last every single time, 
right? Some are like, they win once in a while, but they come in 18th a couple of times. They come in here a couple of times. So lower standard deviation lineups. But once you have them, then it's just like, you could literally close your eyes and just pick 20 without regard whatsoever. And if this slate played out a million times, you'd have the same amount of money at the end, no matter what 20 you pick. But if you're going to pick, it's a matter of diverse, how diversified do you, do you want to be on a specifically you know, base? And that's a risk question. That has nothing that has nothing to do with strategy. Well, how many Austin Eckler lineups should I have? Well, you tell out of these 3,000 lineups, they're all the same. So you could have zero Austin Eckler, you have 20 Austin Eckler lineups. The, the, the answer doesn't matter. So, oh, should I do 10 Austin Eckler? Like, you can do whatever you want. <laughs> I mean, you can literally do it whatever you want. Whatever, whatever, what do you feel comfortable with? Do you do you want to do you want to base your entire Sunday on Austin Eckler? Then put him in zero at twenty or twenty at twenty. There you go, you're done. Then don't worry about it. Do you want to do half and half? Do you want to? How many stacks do I play out of my twenty lineups? It's like, well, out of out of these five thousand lineups that you could play, you could play two of each if you want. If you want, you could play five. You could play five of this and two of that, or none of this and one of that. If you're saying that all of these these lineups are about equal to each other. Now, out of that 5,000 lineups, probably you'll find more Austin Eckler lineups. You'll probably find more Tyreek Hill lineups. You'll probably find more Dak Prescott lineups. You barely may find a Kyler Murray lineup or a, or a Matt Ryan lineup in the 5,000, but you probably, there's probably, probably a Matt Ryan lineup in there. Probably a very high standard deviation lineup. Out of the 5,000, maybe you have five of them. But if you're saying that all these 5,000 lineups have the same expected value, then you could feel free to play one of those Matt Ryan lineups. Understanding that it's very high standard deviation lineup. This is a set it and you did pretend the money doesn't exist anymore type of lineups. Right? You most likely get no return for this. Do you want to play five of those types of lineups? Well, if your risk is high, if you don't mind the risk, then sure, play 20, play 150 extremely high standard deviation lineups. If it hits the right way, you could win a lot of money. If it doesn't, you may you may not get a cent back. So would you rather pick some lineups that, you know, hover somewhere in the middle that still have the same? Remember, these lineups still all have the same similar, close enough expected value. So that's why when people ask the questions of how how many uniques, what percentage of this, whatever you're you're, you're asking exposures, like you're you're asking a diversification question. You're not asked that has nothing to do with strategy. Should I be over or under the field? I don't, why does that matter? I don't. Do you have lineups that are plus EV first? No, that typically they're trying to make the lineups using the exposures. What it really should be, you should make the lineups first. Then your exposures determine, you know, how either how frequently you want to play that, that player in your set or what your risk management is for that slate. That's it. So make the lineup first. Most of the time, I'm, I'm making more lineups than I ever need, and then I get rid of the ones that are the worst. And whatever's left, that's what I play. Showdown yesterday, I played, what, 40 lineups? I built 300 lineups. And I got down to the 40 that I was playing. None of them had, none of them had a backup quarterback, though, but <laughs> never, I'm not going to do that on DraftKings. FanDuel is a little bit more viable to have a backup quarterback because at least they're minimum price. Going through the YouTube chat a little bit before uh, heading over because people, some people like the MMA stuff. Jason Robinson, I'm sure you went over it a thousand times in the line of HQ. Can you show how to rerun lineups for late games? I can't, not, not with nothing blocked. The late swap tool doesn't, you would never use the late swap tool. Nothing's locked. You might as well just use, it's not going to work any differently than the main. The main thing. It's hard to show off the late swap tool without it being in the middle of a slope. Joe Marino says, maybe if there was a way in lineup HQ to convert a lineup from its median projection to its ceiling projection, it would make it easier to compare lineups. Yes, that's exactly what I was saying before. That I would like these uh, ceiling floor F points, which is median, 
to show in the lineups, regardless of what it's being like. Like this is where we, we built using median here, but I'd like the option of being able to see, I mean, obviously now we're adding more, more things to the display, but to see what's the, what's the ceiling of this, right? What's the ceiling of this? What's the ceiling? Like, I want to build by fantasy points, but I want I want to sort by ceiling. I want to see at least see, or by floor or whatever. No, that's that, that that would be correct. You could do it in Excel, right? You could take all this information, and just spit it out in Excel and do it. If you know what you're doing, you don't screw it up. Robert Gall says Amari Cooper chalk has never gone wrong. You know he's getting injured on the first drive. You know, you know that's a you know that's a guarantee. For Mark Cooper's chalk, that means, you know, hamstring issue in the you know, second play of the game. You know that's going to happen. Okay, MMA. People want to look at MMA. Okay, we got a weird card. Okay, some of the information isn't even in. Uh, it's a weird card because uh, uh, John Allen's opponent, uh, whatever his name was, Cammer, cancellation, and he was only a slight underdog to that guy, but now just Dustin Jacoby is coming in. And he's a minus 345 favorite. So we have this Allen guy who is uh, objectively way overpriced. Like Allen should be, based on these odds, in the 6,000s. So John Allen is easily 1,000 overpriced. The problem is, is that if he's going to come in at 2 and 3 and 4%, he actually shows this major positive leverage. Right? Because, I mean, even his inside the distance line is, is, is plus 580. So if he's going to be 3% owned, he has a 15% Shot is an 8% shot of, of winning in the first round. This would be a high standard deviation fight. That, that, that's a way, good way to point it out. Is he the best play on the slate? No, just in statistically, if he's going to be 3% owned, he has a higher shot than his ownership of, you know, scoring 100 plus points. And we could say that with someone like Marlon Vera. Marlon Vera is one of the worst, for, for one of the favorites outside of Bobby Green. As, as plus 205 inside the distance. Plus 425 round one. Now, the reason why he's coming in with a high rating is because he's only going to be 10% owned, which is like almost double, you know, twice as less as his shot of winning in the first round. Because obviously, look at all these fighters above 8,800 that have much better ITD odds. Right, Gary, like, look at this, 49%, 64, 49, 41, 43, 53. Burgos is lower. Gagey is 55. And O'Day Osborne underneath him is 40%. So Vera at 33%. I think Edgar is going to be a fairly decently popular, 14%. But I mean, Vera isn't that much of a finish, but that's why. But that's the reason. Remember, these ratings don't tell you who the good plays are. The ratings here are for lineup construction purposes. That's what a lot of people don't get when they, when they see this. They go, oh, so you're telling me that that Marlon Vera and John Allen are great plays. I go, no, they're not. It's just that they provide so much leverage in your lineups that if you do play, if I play John Allen in a lineup, I could just jam the chalk. All right, once I get a, this many points from that fighter, then it's just like, then optimize for that. Marlon Vera lineups are more likely to have, you know, I already have all the leverage I need with that. So this is more of a leverage score. Not a who's a good play. So it helps you build lineups. Like Colby Covington, I have his over-owned. Mikalidis, I have his under-owned. Shabazian, I still have his under-owned. Vellante is probably a little under-owned. I think Rose is going to be over-owned at 34%, if, if she's 34%. Does, oh, oh, don't play like it says here. You take a look at the 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 co-main event, Nami Yunus versus Bailey. Like I have them, you know, that's going to be probably the most owned fight. Probably going to be higher ownership combined on that fight than the Usman Covington fight, only because they're eighty two hundred and eight thousand, and there's it's a five round fight, and it's expected to go the distance. Odds are, so. An $8,000 fighter reaching a decision in a decently volume fight is going to score a good amount of points, 90 points or something. So that's why they're going to be on. That's why this, but from their ITD lines, 
there have been overall. So that's all this all this shows. It doesn't say, oh, so you're telling me to fade, fade the with the, the co-main female championship fight? Like, no. All I'm saying is that because of these ratings being low, that means you're gonna have to make that up somewhere else in leverage. That's what the ratings are. It has nothing to do with what what's what's who's gonna win or what the best fights is just a tool for me to build lineups. And the information is gonna change anyway. Some of the RG ownership is slightly off. Still have another source to add. But from a lineup construction perspective, like if look how many fighters are over 9,000. That's why I think I think the mid-range, like I Vera Osborne, I mean Green is just almost plus six fifteen for eighty six hundred. Because Bobby Green is a decision machine. But I think in this middle range, like the Emovov or Barnett against Vallante, a lot of it is going to be ignored. A lot of people are going to play like you know two guys up here. You know one, you know one of the female main event fighters, and then try to like jam in like three guys in this like seventy. 7,200 up type of, you know, Carantillo and Edgar and Viante and, you know, do, do something like that. That's going to be the most popular style of lineup. So going up, going stars and scrubs completely is going to be contrarian and going middle range builds are going to be contrarian. And when I mean stars and scrubs completely, I'm talking about star. I'm talking about you're playing three guys in the nine Ks and then three guys like under 7,300. So if like if you play like Gary Hawes and and Bagdasarian, you're playing Colby Covington in that lineup because it doesn't have Usman. You're essentially you're playing a lineup that you're playing three nine thousand guys up here, and then you're playing the underdogs of the other guys that you didn't play, right? So if you take Gary, Usman, and Pereira, like you have to play Phil Hawes' opponent and Bagdasarian's opponent, right? Like you're playing for the other two guys to lose. I think there'll be less of those types of lines and less of like the middle. Like if you just like avoid, like if you just go like gagey down, like there's not going to be that many of those types of lines where you play gagey Vera Osborne as the top three. I'm not saying that those are the best lines. I'm just saying that they're going to be the, le- the less constructed, less the less appearances in the large field VK GPP. Uh. So, uh, so yeah, I think that's it. We got NBA. We got NBA later today. Is there a point to go over NBA? As I say, good thing those people don't uh, don't ask about the NBA stuff because look at yesterday. We talked about stuff and the Donovan Mitchell is out and like who did, we didn't even know any of this stuff. Stupid. We got a nine game slate and who knows who's in, who's out, right? Doesn't have the questionable tags. Drew Holiday's back. He's probable. He could still be out. Who knows? So you can check that out later today on the channel. Hit that uh, hit that uh, notification bell to know when we go live. We got NBA Grinders live later today at 5.30, so, uh, 5, 5.10, 5.10, like five, 5.10 or something. Then after that is crunch time for premium members. Uh, so you could sign up for Roto Grinders Premium by clicking on that link in the description below. Uh, and all, and all the, 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 the stuff that I talk about here, you know, strategy-wise, like if you want a compendium of all that, it's in the theory, theory of daily fantasy sports. It's uh, my 15-hour audio masterclass. How to think like a professional DFS player. There's all the chapters. Game objectives, player selection, expected value, leverage, correlation, construction, risk management, exploits, psychology, and a bunch of miscellaneous stuff. Uh, 15 hours of uh, expert-level DFS play but, uh, for any sport, right? So this is the, the game theory of playing DFS. So like we said, we talked about NFL without talking about football. We're just like, here are the numbers. What, what is our objective? What are we trying to do? How do we beat people? By assembling these numbers in a way that other people are not assembling these numbers. And why are we doing it in this way? Why does ownership matter? Why, why did, what, what's the difference between projection and correlation and leverage? It's all in here. And you can apply to any sport. That's why, you know, that, that's why I've had, you know, big, big wins and profitable in every sport other than golf. Golf, golf, I'm, I'm still not ahead on it. I don't play it that much anymore. But uh, but yeah, so if you want to get better, theoryofdfs.com. And uh, 
We've got NBA tonight, MMA tomorrow, soccer in the morning, uh, football on Sunday. All the stuff that uh, we have tons of shows here on YouTube. So hit that thumbs up button on your way out the door and I'll see you. I'll see you on Monday for another edition of the DFS pregame show on rotogrinders.com.